guys, what's up? It's a fizzle show. What's up, everybody? This is the Fizzle Show, where every week we publish another episode, another deep conversation for entrepreneurs, people who are earning a living doing something that they actually care about or working towards that in their life because self-reliance and freedom and what are, you know, lifestyle design. You know, now you're just saying words. <laughs> Buzzword. Fuchsia. <laughs> Fuchsia. So, uh, anyways, lost my train of thought. We make these episodes every week because y'all are out there making it happen, making it rain, and we want to give you some inspiration, a lot of education, insight. And today's episode is no different. Today we're going to get into some, into some of the deep waters, I think. But the kind of thing, like, it's like the introduction to. This is like the introduction to entrepreneurship. Nobody ever gets, but everybody wishes they had. Because we're going to talk about what is actually possible in business, and not like a highfalutin, full of BS, hot air up your you know back end kind of way. We're going to talk about what's probable as well as what's possible for you in online business. Because a lot of the times, our head just gets locked into some crappy way of thinking about things. We just get down in the dumps. We, we start asking ourselves, this is the question, like, why am I doing all this work? Why am I doing this? So before we get started here, I, I mean, or I guess in starting, I want to send that over to you, Corbett. Uh, like, if you were at a conference, right, and you were on a panel and, and, and people were coming up to microphone to ask you a question. Yeah. Um, We've been in these situations where someone is kind of getting towards the end of their rope in their entrepreneurship journey. They're, it's not going the way they wanted. They tried to do this big launch and maybe it failed or they've just been spinning their wheels for a long time and don't have much to show for it or yeah. something like that. Um, and they come up to you and they say that. They're like, I'm, at my, I'm kind of at the end of my rope. I don't know why I'm doing all this work. You can just see that sort of sadness, the sort of depression or the yeah. slog of uncertainty going on. Where, where, what do you think about, what do you want to say to that person first? Like what, what comes out first for you? I think that we all have to do our own calculation as to whether or not entrepreneurship is going to be worth it for us. Right? Yeah. We have yeah. to, we have to think about like, is putting all this work in and, and dealing with all this uncertainty worth the potential? Yeah. And you know, unfortunately, there's there's so many uncertainties and so many unknowns there that you'll never know exactly how much work and how much mm. pain you're going to have to go through in order to reap those rewards. And you don't know what those rewards will be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think it really, I think it's really important to remember that it might sound trite in some ways, but for a lot of us, for me, entrepreneurship would almost be worth it without the money mm. because there is this deep sense of taking your future into your own hands. Yeah. There's this purpose and fulfillment and freedom that you get with pursuing entrepreneurship, with pursuing self-reliance, right? With being in charge of putting food on the table for yeah. yourself. Yeah. It's just something that a lot of us feel called to in a way it mm -hmm. feels innate inside of us and we're never going to really be happy unless we see if we have what it takes to make that all work. Yeah. And the today's episode, I think 
um, is is definitely for people who are feeling a little down. But also, I just um, recently was putting together a page for the Fizzle homepage uh, about success stories. And I was just thinking to myself, like, we spend a lot of time talking about problems and struggles and, you know, depression and things that people are going through as entrepreneurs because it's hard. Yeah. But we kind of, for some reason recently, haven't talked a lot about the positive side of it, like what is possible and and Mm. the great things that people are doing, the lives that they're living because of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I just remembered as I was going through all these success stories and case studies and uh, surveys that we've done of the Fizzle audience, just how many people we know and are surrounded by all the time who have carved out an incredible life for themselves, a great living, and they're working on things that really light them up and make them excited. Yeah. And I just thought we could give people a reminder of that today. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think one of the things that I take out of what you're saying there is, is that, it, listen, Nobody can tell you if you should be keeping going as an entrepreneur or not, right? This is something that comes from you. It has, the decision has to be made by you yourself, right? And the decision has, has, it has, yes, Corbett, it it has, it has to, to come from inside of you because you're the one who's going to be, you know, in that trench when when the the rubber hits the road so to speak or when the yeah. crap hits the fan or whatever like you're the one who's going to have to there's a lot it, like I remember the founder story that we did with Josh Ship where he says like you have to love the topic of your business because there's going to be a lot of crap that you have to do mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of stuff that feels like a job that feels like work yeah but if you if it if there's like a solid reason why for you if there's a solid benefit to the if there's if you're really engaged and um you have your whole butt on the line to on this topic yeah then it's worth it to do that stuff yeah because you believe in the future yeah you do you believe in in the thing this is about and you believe in the, like people will want this or yeah. they care about this yeah or something like that apparently Walt Disney had that he was like homeless two or three times. I was just hearing this from, I haven't seen the documentary yet, but there's some documentary out about him. And like, dude, just like, it didn't work. Nobody was going for it. Like he didn't make it and he couldn't get the money or whatever. And then, but he just, he's like, no, dude, people are going to want this. Yeah. People are going to want this. He believes so strongly in a place that is hell on earth. (laughs) 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 And he, he could torture millions and millions of people every year waiting in line. <laughs> to see some, a lot of a lot of people look at Disneyland and say that's the beginning of the end. It's the beginning of the end for America. Yes, right there. Um, but and I think this is instructive because Disney is one of these like Apple, uh, Elon Musk. Yeah, all these examples of people who are just like massive, right? Foster Farms. You know, a lot of a lot of small businesses right now surprisingly look up to Foster Farms, Corbin. No, they don't. We're just like that's amazing. No, they don't. Look at look at their look at how look at their volume. Please stop. Look at their volume. What's their margins? No, but I think I think that we we look for those extreme stories of the person that had to sleep in their car and yeah. to make it as an entrepreneur, and then they ended up with this like you know hundred million dollar business or something. Yeah. We're not talking about that today, uh-huh. yeah. right? Yeah. We, we know so many people who are successful entrepreneurs who didn't have to go homeless, yeah. who didn't have to endure some kind of insane 
walked through fire for five years right. in order to become an entrepreneur. Like, yeah, it's work, but so is working at a job. Like, mm-hmm. let me tell you, the friends that I have in corporate America who have a way harder time with the stress levels, with yeah. crap that they have to endure, with the hours and so on. Like, I don't think entrepreneurship is all that hard, to be honest. Yeah. It's hard from a mental perspective because you have to convince yourself that all this work is worth it when there are no guaranteed rewards. Mm. Versus if you take a job, at least you know at the end of the week you're going to get that paycheck. Yeah. So there's a little bit of difference there, but honestly, the amount of effort that goes into it, I don't know. Like, yeah. It hasn't yeah. been it hasn't been all that hard for most of the people that I know. Yeah. So Steph, I'm curious from your perspective. Um, we're on this panel. Someone comes up to the mic, clearly feeling the like the weight of the last several months of working on this thing, and they launched it, and it didn't go the way they thought it did, or they're getting tired, or they're wondering, what am I doing all this work for? What does that like? What do you think of responding? with with that person what comes up for you when you think of that yeah there's oh my gosh so much and chase this reminds me of a conversation i was just kind of going back into the fizzle show archives a little bit because when we had that conversation with steve maxwell remember him mm-hmm. he was telling us about the difference between uh being the fish who's in the tank who knows that you know you're gonna be safe and there's no predators and you get your meals fed to you you get the fish flakes that'll <laughs> dump into the tank at a certain time and that's one way of living. And then there's this other way where you're the fish out in the big wide ocean and there's tons of predators and nothing's guaranteed and you have to find your own food. And I think for a lot of people out there, they're like, oh my gosh, why would anybody want to be the fish out in the wild? But for a select few weirdos who are all listening to this podcast, the idea of hunting your own food, the idea of what comes up for me is just like when you're an entrepreneur, when you're building something there is no outer limit in terms of what's possible for you. And just the thought of that alone for me always gets me so excited because even it, with my wildest corporate dreams and like, be I don't know, being the CEO of a startup company or something, at the end of the day, it's still, there's still a tank, you know, there's still the glass surrounding you. You can only, they give you more and more water space to swim in, I guess, but in entrepreneurship, there is literally no limit to what's possible for you. And I think mm. for a select few group of people, that is an extremely exhilarating thought. For a lot of people, it's terrifying because it's like, no, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be uncomfortable. What comes with that is like a constant um, sense of discomfort bubbling underneath the surface. But if you can, if you can learn to live with that, if you can endure that and learn, we've talked a little bit about Liz Gilbert taking that fear along with you as a passenger in the car instead of letting it drive you. It's just, it's incredible. It's incredible to um, spend your life exploring what what you can do. And there's no one out there that can tell you um, what the extent of that is except you. So if someone were at the microphone and we were at a panel together and they said like, what am I doing this all for? I think my mm. response would be, I can't answer that for you. But my sense is that if you're here, if you're even coming up to the microphone with that question, there's something inside of you that separates you from the pack. There's some desire that you have. There's some deep-seated question that's just going to keep coming up for you, no matter how sexy of an offer you get in a corporate job or how great the pension is or how wonderful the stock options are. There's a question and a, uh, a seed that's been planted. And I have found that for, I think, the three of us, as well as all of our Fizzle members who've come through our doors, there's a reason that you're showing up. There's a there's a question in you that wants to be answered. And I think that question is something like, how far can I take this thing? Who can I become? 
And if you're having those questions, I just think it's so worth giving it the real time, energy, effort, um, and resources needed to really explore uh, the answer to that question. Mm, I love that. Steph, you're such an Enneagram 7. This idea of like, there's no, there's just, there's opportunities for anything, anything. There's so many opportunities. I don't have to be settled down at all. I can do whatever, whatever I want. Cause to me, sometimes yep. that sounds, that sounds very, um, that sounds like so much pressure. Mm. That's like part of the, of the depression that I've had with entrepreneurship or with, with just like, like figuring out who I am in the world in general, mm. not just entrepreneurship. Sure. Right. It's just like, there's, I can, I like, I, I can pick any door I want. Yeah. And I can work my butt off and I could be somebody there. So what? Like, yeah, what like, does that mean? What does that mean? Right. Why would I do all that work just to like, well, yeah. I think you get bummed by having to pick one. Yeah. yeah. At least you can yeah. do all of them. Totally. Exactly. And also very, very 70. But um, I, I just for those folks who, who feel the sort of the pressure or the strain of that, because the truth is, is I have my other moments where the world feels like, no, the wind's at my back. Like we're heading in the right direction. The sails are up. Like there's, this thing's going to give like we're, we're heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and then I look out to the horizon and I realize, like, dude, this can go anywhere. And I think, this- I think though that those moments, because like we've talked about before, there are always peaks and valleys, but those moments where the wind is at your back to me, those are worth all of the struggle because there's nothing yeah. like it. I don't know. I was thinking this weekend, I just spoke at a conference this past weekend And I was thinking, you know, some people go skydiving and some people do like extreme adrenaline sports. This is my version of that. Like, just like anybody else, when I step out on a stage, I'm like, are you crazy? What are you doing? And I know a lot of people would rather be covered in snakes or something than speak publicly. But for me, there's like, there's nothing else like that. So I think for a lot of us, um, that feeling of, wow, this is possible. It supersedes all of the, the, the down moments for me, at least. Yeah. Totally. Now, Steph, I want you to keep going with this idea. You, you mentioned you were at this conference recently and someone was talking, uh, to, you got in a conversation with somebody about this internal versus external locus of control. Can you walk us through that? Because I think it's a really important issue for all of us who are entrepreneurs who need to realize, or just not realize, but be reminded that like, mm-hmm. dude, you are in control. Yes. What's happening in your life is happening like like you're the one you're letting it happen so to speak yes, you know absolutely so my new friend rosemary shout out to rosemary she's a listener of the fizzle show former fizzle member she's a very talented nutritional therapy practitioner she and her husband john are, are both uh members of the nutritional therapy association and that's where i just spoke so shout out to them because they're long long time listeners of the show and i got into a conversation with rosemary about this idea she she really planted the seed for me and I, i've been thinking about it ever since this idea that there are two kind of options in terms of how people view what happens in the world there's this idea of an external locus of control versus an internal locus of control and locus is like i don't know another word for that would be sort of like a center or a nucleus it's a a steering wheel the point at which everything else ripples. And there are, I think, two different kinds of people. And not that you're, you know, I don't know really whether the answer is you're born this way or it changes based on your life experience. But the fact is there are plenty of people out there who believe that the locus of control is external. It's outside of themselves. And those people will kind of uh, observe what happens to them versus feeling like they're in control in any kind of way. So that usually comes up for people as like, well, if only my boss didn't suck so much, maybe I could make progress. Or maybe if this company would actually get its stuff together, 
I could, you know, advance or, um, gee, when they, they, they look at somebody else's success and they say things like, wow, it must be nice to have started a food blog in 2006 because wow, that you got lucky and hit a wave. Now it's 2018. It's too late. So these people will look at, uh, what's happening as happening to them versus those of us, I think, who are, have this like innate internal locus of control, our natural response to other people's success. For the most part, we already talked about comparison recently and we all fall into that. So I'm not saying that like we don't all fall into that trap of feeling envy or things like that. But for the most part, I think that there's a, a subset of people who really believe that the steering wheel is within. They'll see, you know, someone else out there who's got something that they want and they'll say, oh my gosh, why can't I have that? You're telling me that that's possible. I can't stop thinking about it. I want to go make it happen for me. And it's my belief after interacting with so many people in our community, that that's something that all, all of us here share. I think that all of us have that internal locus of control. We're trying to build an independent living, doing something we care about because we believe that we are in control of that. We believe it's possible for us. We say, why not me too? Why can't I do that? And it's a really powerful thing. And I think it's just worth, if that resonates with you, if you're listening to this and you're the kind of person who's like, yes, I believe I have a, my own steering wheel inside of me. It's worth pointing out that like not everybody's like that. There are plenty of people walking around on planet earth who are not in a place where they're taking responsibility for all of their circumstances, whether it's the crappy boss or the wrong, you know, however they've been slighted, it's really easy to tally up all the ways that things haven't worked out. But if you have that belief that it's possible and, and you're here because you see in yourself the ability to like go out there and make stuff happen, you got to listen to that. Like that's so super exciting. If you're one of those people, then this is possible for you. I think that's one of the biggest like prerequisites for success in entrepreneurship is you have to believe that you can make this happen for you more than anything else. Even on the bad days, you have to know somewhere deep in your gut that you are in control of your own experience. And if you're one of those people, I think that's just like, a, like I'm so excited even just talking about this right now. It's so cool to be awake in that way. I think because so many people aren't. And, and I think maybe even for a lot of us, maybe we can think of a time where we weren't awake in that way. But if you're listening to this and you're trying, then you're awake. And I think that's just like, it deserve, deserves to be celebrated and, and people should remind themselves of that. Mm, love it. Corbett, when you think of this like internal versus external locus of control, you're someone that strikes me as a very internal locus of control person you, in that you, you've been living like that for a while, mm -hmm. for a long time, right? You're, you're well practiced in it is what it feels like to me. Yeah. When you think about this, I, I am someone who, who grew up in, grew up in a sort of, you know, a well to do family and was sort of like, I don't know, just, kind of wanted the world to just do what I wanted it to do. Mm. Um, and that, but I, I weirdly just that didn't re, like, that didn't show up as like a lot of responsibility and a lot of like, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. It showed up as like, I hope I can get this. Oh, I didn't get it. You know, a lot of like almost victimization, so to speak. Yeah. A lot of, I'm the victim, like external locus of control. Whoever's pulling all the strings out there isn't looking out for me, right. you know? Yeah. Um, what do you think of the importance of this con this con this like idea? Yeah, I think of that Steve Jobs speech. Mm. Um it, it was like a a um graduation yeah. speech. And he talks about how or actually maybe it was a an interview. He talks about how like at some point in life a lot of us realize that the rules were made by people no smarter than us yeah. and that if you push on the world here, you can see what happens over there. Yeah. You start to get this sense that you can pull the strings. 
And um, I, I think that, you know, from an entrepreneurship standpoint, it's there's a difference between people who just think that products and services are made by some magical fairy in the sky and, and bestowed upon us versus other people who look at a product or a service and think, who's behind that? Like, who made that? Like, yeah. what, what are they all about? Yeah. And realizing that normal people are the ones that come up with the things that we buy and the, yeah. and the places we go and, and so on. And, and then we think to ourselves, well, maybe I could do that, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, you have to get past blaming other people for your circumstances. It's mm. going to take enough control over your life to build a business. That's yeah. Kind of just a, a basic thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It makes me think of this idea that like, uh, you know, someone's coming to the microphone and they're asking like, why am I doing, I don't I just don't know why I'm, I'm doing all this work anymore or something like that. And, and in some ways, like I feel, I feel not in some ways in, in, in every way, I feel so much for that because I've been there. And at the same time, I've been in another place where I like, I'm like, I don't know why you're doing all this work, but I know why I'm doing all this work. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's that, that kind of what's become a kind of cliche idea of like finding your why, like it exists in one little little instance but Steph you told a story that's that like it kind of did exist does exist in this one little symbol for you tell uh, tell us about like when you heard um uh, about Pat Flynn walking his kids to school yes okay so this is my example and I if people go way back in the archives you, you may have heard me tell this story when I first joined Fizzle but it must have been back in like 2013 or something which isn't that long ago but <laughs> I guess in online years it feels like a while and I would be driving to my job, just like a lot of people are probably listening in your car right now, thinking about the future and try, like I was just kind of drinking from the fire hose in terms of, I had really just been turned on to this whole idea of independent business. I didn't even know any of this was a, was a thing. And I was consuming podcast episodes. I, I got turned on to Pat Flynn's podcast and um, I, I really resonated with his story of, you know, if you, if you listen to him, he'll talk about his why has a lot to do with his children. And he talks about how he will literally walk his kids to school with his wife every day, drop them off and, and pick them up together. And literally other parents in the school would be like, what jobs do you guys have that you're able to do this? Like no one else in the school was able to, to be there for their kids in that way. And that was, you know, five years ago now. And I've never been able to forget it because back then I had achieved a ton of success as a director of a department for North America of a global company, but the job I was in would require, I didn't have kids at the time, but the job I was in would require that I be in the office from seven to seven or something like that. And I just couldn't, once I had heard that someone out there like Pat was able to live a life in this way where he was doing work that was super meaningful and exciting to him and making great money and also being able to be there for his kids in such like a, an amazing supportive way. I, I just never was able to forget that. There was no way I could have gone back to like this, I don't know, this like life sentence of this is just how it is now. This is just how it is to be a, a working mom. You know, it just, I couldn't do it. So ever since I heard that, it's just something that I, I've held in my heart as like, even when things have gotten harder, I, I had questions or I wasn't sure, or doubt and all the things. I've always come back to how cool that is. And it just motivates me. And I'm lucky now to, you know, be able, if I want to clear my schedule and take my daughter, who's now almost two, I can take her to the zoo if I want to in the middle of the week. Like that's what I'm able to do. And no matter how tough things get, that's personally what I come back to. And I know it's, it's different for everybody, but 
I think just like for me, all those years ago, hearing Pat talk about doing it, when you hear that it's possible, I just feel like it's so exciting. It's so exciting to think like, wow, if that person did that, this means it can happen. So whatever that is for everybody out there, it's just like, I think it's so important to keep that in your mind's eye because it is the thing that that propels you forward when you have those questions of like, why am I doing this? You know? Yeah, totally. I think of, I think of what, what that story really drives home for me is this, these moments in entrepreneurship where you kind of get stuck in a pattern of thinking, you know, you get just stuck like thinking like a certain way Yeah, and, and you don't even know what's possible. You don't even think about what's possible. Yeah. Or you just kind of lose your motivation and start drifting a little bit. You just start not, drifting. Yeah. Not feeling compelled. Yeah. And sometimes you need that touchstone, right? That totem yeah. to remind you. Yeah, like in Inception. Yeah. Remember in Inception, they, they have a totem with them that, uh, that, that's the only way that they can tell if they're in a dream or in, in the yeah. real world, so to speak. I don't understand why the, you couldn't just dream that you had the totem on you, but <laughs> it was just, I think it was, uh, it's something, it had something, I don't know. I, I just looking for a joke. I'm sure somebody out there is like, like, well, duh, Corbin. They, um, so, they explained that in the movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm going to be spinning my little top here. Yep, looks like I'm in the dream world now. I'm keeping in the dream world. But that idea of of when our minds get locked into a certain way of thinking, we're like literally close, actually closing ourselves off to. I don't know if it's something our subconscious is doing or emotionally it just happens. Yeah, it's like we're closing off like parts of our vision, and then we hear that story of this one entrepreneur who realized he cared so he cared about raising his kids he wants to walk him to school he just wanted to make that a value a thing that he does in his life right and so he structures his life around that yeah and he's like how i need to make enough money to be able to do that and i need to be able to have enough freedom to be able to do that yep. and i need to have the kind of lifestyle i need to be able to do that and i need to live in a place where i can do that and i you know what i mean all these things are and then you start going like well what do i want right what do i want yeah it goes back to that thing steph was talking about earlier about yeah. when you realize that anything is possible yeah you. yeah and what do you want it to be? I think a lot of times we get into a place where we kind of forget that. Yeah. Kind of forget that, oh, I'm in control here. I can influence the way my life ends up. Yeah. It may not be easy, it may not be instant, but if I want to build a life where I get to walk my kids to school, like, why don't I work towards that? Yeah. Yep. You know? Yeah. And that's an incredibly freeing thing. And I feel like some people out there need to hear that, like, you are in control. Mm-hmm. Like you need to say this out loud, like I am in control. Yeah, and I mean we should be we should be fair. It's not as if circumstance and luck don't play a role Massive. in in what you do. But the question is, do you take that and say, Well, it's all futile? Yeah. Or do you take that and say, Okay, I'm gonna roll with that and I'm gonna do the best I can mm-hmm. to influence the direction that I had. Exactly. Yep. yep. Think about it this way. I think about, you know, I am in control. I'm in control. So I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice, practice, practice. I'm going to practice. And then a month from now, you're like, I'm not Taylor Swift. So I guess I'm not in control. Right. This is, I think, opens up to what I feel like is next in this conversation, which is the difference between, uh, what I think is, is very, is very instructive, uh, for my own kind of neuroses or whatever. But it's, it requires of you to rejigger shake up and redefine what it is you think you're actually needing to get, what the result is you actually want to get. Yeah. Right. Because if you look at the results and go, all right, here's what I need. I need X amount of dollars per month to pay for the school I want my kid to go to, 
the mortgage for the house I want to be living in, which is just like comfortable. It's just where we want to be in the neighborhood we want to be in. Yeah. To pay for the kind of food we want to eat, to do these sorts of things, to be able to travel to see grandma and grandpa every now and again, to be able to whatever. Right. I need to make that. Yep. I need to get that. Yep. And I want freedom. And I'd like to be able to, to control my own schedule. And I want to be working on something that I care about. That is important as a contribution. Yeah. Right. That's different than I need to be Taylor Swift. I need to be Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. I need to be Gary Vaynerchuk. I need to be Corbett Barr. I need to be uh, insert name of people that you clearly are already admire here. Right. Because what we, what I know is if you ever want to, if you, if you have someone that you admire a lot, all you have to do is meet them and spend time with them and you'll admire them less <laughs> for the most part, right? Most of us in terms of that media landscape, yeah. you, when you realize like, oh man, their life is not all glitter and gold at all. Yeah. They're thinking about the next project They're If they're, that's why it's like, you start paying attention to like, wait, who's actually happy? Right. Yeah. I don't think fame and money make you happy. They don't. But we, we make that assumption all the time. Yeah. We make that assumption all the time. Yeah. There's a lady here in this little Mexican town we stay in who makes the, have you ever gotten the, uh, the, um, what are the, the tamales from her the on the street yeah. in the square? Yeah. She's just got the best vibe, man. Yeah, she's, she's this old lady, super happy. Yeah. I walked by her out in the barrio and, and she was just, even then, I didn't know she was selling tamales then. Uh, then I saw her later that night and I was like, Oh my God, it's the lady. She was just beaming. And you're like, what does she know? What does she know? What does she know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that's the the conversation starts to head towards in that direction for me when not in this conversation, but like the dialogue in my head starts to look, the more people I admire who are celebrities online that I got to meet and spend time with, the more I started asking the deeper questions on like, you know, like Prince saying, I've been in the mountaintop. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why. That's why. It's a nice view, but you get used to it quickly. Yeah, and you're just like, oh God, I just want another mountaintop. Yeah. Right? So what I think is most instructional for me on on that is the difference between what is probable and what is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, or the difference between a a you know clearly massively successful business, quote unquote, and a small and profitable business. Yeah. And it's the small and profitable business. That really inspires me. That really feels like this is what this is what the new economy looks like. This is what my life is. Go- this is the direction I want to go. Yeah, I want to go towards this. Doesn't have to be big to be profitable business. Mm-hmm. You know. So, like, talk a little bit about maybe Corbett in your mind the dif- difference between those two. I mean, did you ever like? Were you ever addicted to this idea of, of being involved in a really massive, massive, massive thing where you, it would kind of like drive you crazy? Or was it always like you had a kind of grounded perspective on where, what, what success looked like? Um, mm, that's a good question. I mean, I remember when I was 18 years old and somebody told me to make a vision board and I literally pinned a Honda Civic on that board. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. <laughs> I think I put a Honda Civic in like a picture of like taking a week's vacation to Hawaii. Oh my God, Corbett. I never knew that. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, the 18 year old doesn't need a whole lot. The 18 year old doesn't need a whole lot. <laughs> I'm just glad it wasn't a Honda Del Sol. <laughs> so am I. Um, possible versus probable. Like, Again, I started thinking about this whole topic today because I was looking at success stories of Fizzlers. And we have... 
we have success stories all across the map. We have some who some people who make seven figures mm-hmm. and are doing incredible and own the entire business and have complete control over, over their lives and it's amazing. That's certainly possible. Mm. And to me that possibility is exciting, right? It's yeah. like it's like every time you build a business you're buying a bit of a lottery ticket. Right? Yeah. And that lottery ticket might lead to like amazing incredible things and you might be rich and famous. It's not probable, however. Yeah. We have people at the same time who, um, you know, talk about how becoming an entrepreneur has changed their lives, even though they maybe haven't started supporting themselves yet. They talk about how they feel more connected and alive mm. with the things that they're working on than they have in decades. Yeah, that's probable. Right? Yeah, if you if you if you pursue things in the right way, if you yeah. if you pursue them for the right reasons. And you work on something that you truly care about, then it's probable you are going to feel more connected to your work. Yeah. That's entrepreneurship. Yeah. If you get to a point where you are earning a living from what you do, we a couple of years ago surveyed 70 so fizzlers, fizzle members who were all earning a living from their businesses, supporting themselves. And we asked them a bunch of questions, you know, um, how fizzle had been a part of that, how they felt about their work, what they did, all those sorts of things. We also asked them how much they earned on a monthly basis. And collectively, those 70-some fizzlers were earning $783,000 a month. Wow. I added so up, crazy. The, up, up, up the spreadsheet, the total, right? It's a lot of money. But you know, if you dive into the numbers, they were kind of all across the map. There were some people who were ramen profitable, as we call it, mm-hmm. where they were earning three or four thousand dollars a month, and that was just enough to get by and pay their bills. Yeah. On the other extreme, we had a couple of outliers who were earning close to a hundred thousand dollars a month, and then we had people in between. Yeah. The average of all of those was ten or eleven thousand dollars. To me, that's probable. Like yeah. if you get to the point where you're earning a living doing you know, something on your own, yeah. it's probable that you'll earn around six figures or something, which, yeah. which may be better than the odds that you had in your career of yeah. earning that sort of money. But on top of that, you're getting all of the freedom, the satisfaction, the fulfillment, everything that comes yeah. with being an entrepreneur. And you have all this possibility too, yeah. right? These are just snapshots in time. A lot of those people who are earning ten dollars or $11,000 will go on to build other businesses and do other things and have all kinds of upside. Yeah. There's all kinds of upside being an entrepreneur. Now, this was just a snapshot of 70 people that we said, you know, if you're earning a living from your business, please answer these questions. Yeah. Of course, there's been many hundreds or thousands of people who have signed up for Fizzle that we never heard from and just left and now they're back to their job or whatever. Yeah. So... There's a big difference between possibility and probability, and I love what what you've been saying recently, Chase, about the difference between thinking that you have to be the next minimalist baker or Taylor Swift or yeah. whoever you know you you idolize versus the small and profitable route where yeah. I'm going to build something that I care about on a topic that I love, and if I'm able to earn at least as much as I could in a career. Then all of that possibility is icing, and yeah. I have the rest of my the rest of my decades to work towards that. And that's the that's the game. That's the fun part. Yeah. But if I can just get to a place where I'm able to support myself, I'm able to on top of that walk my kids to school every day. Like life is going to be amazing. 
And those sorts of outcomes are actually probable. And yeah. we know so many people. It's you know, I, I've been an entrepreneur for a long time now, and, and I've had the fortune of meeting a lot of other, other entrepreneurs. And my the people that we hang out with tend to be entrepreneurs now, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have a whole lot of friends anymore who are in the corporate world or whatever. And the ones that we hang out with who are entrepreneurs are living these extraordinary lives. And, and I don't mean entrepreneurs like they're Silicon Valley VC types. These mm-hmm. are people like us. Yeah. People like John and Dana from Minimalist Baker, or mm-hmm. Vanessa Van Edwards from Science of People, or Sean Ogle from Location 180, or yeah. Chris Gillibo from Art of Nonconformity. People yeah. that we know and hang out with who have built extraordinary businesses um, and are able to live these lives that are just deeply fulfilling and full of all the freedom that they want. Yeah. Yeah. It's really you know what's so crazy is I think of like there's this one, there's like one story of a friend of mine who's, who, uh, who I come to in my mind and I, and he, I just see how absolutely massive the, the business he's built, it, the number of people that he has working from the, and I just speculate about how much of that is just profit going straight into his bank account and what that looks like. And yep. Im- immediately, dude, Immediately, like the salivating glands start going, the greed, the um, really the jealousy, the envy, yeah, the envy starts coming up. Not like it is not. It's not like greed about like I gotta get that. It's envy, like more like victimized, sort of like well, I wish it would work like that for me. You know what I mean? Well, it yeah. never works like that for me. Yeah, right. Because it's like what I what what I coming back to that. Then if I, cause if I shift back into that internal locus of control, what the internal locus of control is, is it's like going like, Hey man, this is gonna, this is gonna be, this is going to, to, you won't be able to take your foot completely off the gas. And then it sits there and it looks at me and then it goes like, is that a problem? Yeah. Like you're not going to be panting. You're not going to be like struggling and striving every step of the way. And you're going to have, you're going to have things in your life you're going to get to be grateful for every day. Because of because of the path that you're going on too, right. all that freedom, all that dynamism in life, all that vitality, all of that stuff, and more room to grow than than any career you can imagine, right? Pro- probably a lot more profitable than any career you can imagine, right? But just because it's not billions of dollars in your mind, right? You think somebody's at, you're just imagining that person's at that level first yeah. of all, right? Just because it's not that like. You think that's a failure somehow, mm-hmm. and I just have this dialogue in my head where, where if, if I voice it like that, you can realize, like, yeah, that's it. that's inappropriate. That's false. That's a false way of speaking or thinking, you know. And you can kind of try to slowly untie that habit of thought, right? That's the thing that gets me is it's just this habit. Yeah, you just and come to it. You just it's just a well worn path. It's like a knee jerk reaction, mm-hmm. and you have to kind of pull those reactions back. It can be challenging to do so, but there's so much life in realizing this is totally possible. This is totally probable, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in those, in those ways. Yeah. It reminds me of an article that we ran, um, that, uh, I think a friend of yours wrote, or you found it and we, we reran it on the Sparkline, and it was about, I think it was called, there is no, there that. is no that. Yeah. And it's just about how you are entitled to the work. You're entitled to put in the effort you're not entitled to magic happening necessarily. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that I think that we all can have an expectation of achieving the probable result if we put in enough time and effort and work smart. Yeah. But we don't all have the right to expect the possible result. Yeah, totally. 
Totally. Okay. So at this point, this has been a huge conversation just about like, Hey, don't forget this. Don't forget this. Come on. Don't forget this. You remember this. Remember this. Remember this. And in the next episode, we're going to, we're going to hash through like a handful of these great business businesses that we like love. We know these people and, and success stories from fizzle. We're going to talk about their business model. We're going to talk about their business topic and, and ranges of revenue and things like this about each one and just kind of rap about them because, uh, these are where, these are the, the real sort of data on the table of the, of the actual businesses that are, that, that you can get a sense of, you can create your own vision from. Yeah. You know, you can create that own vision for your, and you could start opening up doors for you in your mind, in your perception about like, all right, what's possible for me? Yeah. What, what, like getting, getting a broader perspective or a more grounded perspective for some of you, right? Um, but first, before we go, Steph, like, I want you to give us a little, a little pump up rally here at the end of it. The sense that, I mean, to me, it's like people are here. That already says something about them. Would you give us a little sort of rally in that regard to, mm. to, to the people who are like, who are like maybe feeling like this might, this isn't for me or that maybe it is, or I don't know if I'm qualified, you know? Yeah. Like a fizzle dead mama hug. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> totally. so, so absolutely. I mean, I feel like here's the thing. This is just what I keep coming back to. If you're listening to this, I think that for for so many of us, we've been thinking of an idea, the amount of people I talk to who are like, I've been thinking about this vaguely trying for four years, five years, 10 years, right? I think as time goes on, you can start to kind of feel like, is it worth it? Is this even a business? Like, is this just something I'm interested in? And I think it's just really useful. And it always inspires me to take a step back and be like, listen, if you are like, this keeps coming up for you. You're listening to this podcast. First of all, that's not a thing that like the vast majority of people do. Like listening to podcasts about earning an independent living, you already are like bringing yourself to the table. And that's such an amazing first step. I mean, to be interested in it, to be seeking the information, to, if you're in Fizzle, to be surrounding yourself with the community, showing up to Fizzle Friday to get coaching, doing things like that. I feel like I've been observing entrepreneurs and coaching entrepreneurs long enough to know that I genuinely believe the differentiating factor between people who do achieve what's possible and and probable for them versus those who fizzle out is just continuing to show up and continuing to um, hold tight to that internal locus of control. Not that you're not going to falter and fall off and get discouraged and disappear for a few months or even a few years that happens. But to continue to come back and to recognize that diligence and consistency and discipline are the name of the game here and to continue to put yourself out there and be vulnerable enough to ask for feedback and advice and to course correct and to follow what's energetically easy. I mean, man, like these are amazing tools that are available. There's never been a better time to do something like this. I just feel blessed to be like a, a mom in the year 2018. I talk to my own mom about this all the time and she spent her whole life trying to find something that allowed her to have meaningful work and be a present parent. And she says to me, she's like, man, you, you women these days and you parents these days, we've got options. And that just like makes me so freaking excited. So if you're someone who like resonates with any, any of that on any level, I would just say, continue to show up, you know, continue to recognize that even when you're feeling beat up, which is so normal, dust yourself off and do whatever you have to do to get your head back in the game, because it is worth it. And this will keep coming up for you. So you need to answer that call and find a way to answer the question that's going to, you're, you're going to keep getting that question in your head. So keep seeking answers and um, keep going after it. That's what I would say. 
Love it. Love it. All right, y'all. This has been episode 260 of The Fizzle Show. You can get the show notes and links on everything we talked about here at fizzleshow.co slash 260. That's 260. Now, the next episode's going to be a good one, so don't miss it. You'll want to subscribe if you aren't already subscribed. And if it's your first time listening here, you should definitely get our free toolkit for indie entrepreneurs, okay? These are guides and exercises for people who are building their own business. It will give you more clarity on what to work on next. It will help you write your next piece of content. It will make your sales pages stronger and it's totally free, okay? To get that, you just go to fizzle.co slash toolkit. That's fizzle.co slash toolkit for the free toolkit for entrepreneurs. And I think that's it. I think that's the end of the show, you guys. So, you know, as it as it's often said where I'm from, you know, you can paint a truck red, but that doesn't make it not, that won't make it faster. So uh, that's a little word of wisdom for you as we're closing out here. And uh, while we're at it, uh, uh, don't be like Daryl who made square tires for his red truck it was not it didn't go well he was making it out of wood and it's hard to make a circle out of wood people are so confused <laughs> sometimes if I don't get enough goofy stuff into uh-huh. the episode I have to just like cram it into the end oh look we're, gonna, we're about to stop <laughs> find care take care serve hard and dig in y'all thanks for listening and talk to you next week on the fizzle show <laughs>